Ah, <laughs> be like saying I don't reach you. Make not listen. Well, well. Simple. Two prisoners whose cells adjoin communicate with each other by knocking on the wall. The wall is the thing which separates them, but it's also the means of how they communicate. Every separation is a link. In a village boys, we explore the separation of the black culture because we understand that by bringing it to light, we will recreate links that will eventually unite us all back together. Welcome back to another episode. So last week we talked about MLK and Mandela, the nuances within them. Today we are hitting on Malcolm X because why not? Because we honestly cannot talk about Mandela and MLK without talking about Malcolm. We just cannot do that. Anyway, we, t- we go into his book, Victor read his book. So we talk about that, provide some amazing commentary. But one thing I want y'all to really focus on is the importance of decision making and how um, there, only a, there are a very few decisions that we make that truly do change our lives. And I think that this is really exemplified extremely well in, in the story of Malcolm X. So without further ado, check this out. Welcome, 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 welcome to the village. So typical village boy, Chukwemeka. Your boy Vic Sokowachi. Sado. Sado. How y'all living? How y'all living? Again. Don't come again. <laughs> I was gonna tell my followers, man. I got I got a pedicure for the first time. What day was it? <laughs> On Saturday, I think. Yeah. I think it was Saturday. I got a pedicure for the first time. And I'm gonna tell you, it was worth every single penny. That's what they, the funny thing about it is my homie got one. I seen him on Instagram posted like two days ago. Yeah, and I was like, he was like, bro, once you get the first one, you always keep coming back. Always, bro. Like legit, in my yeah. mind, I already made it up. That's a once a month thing. That's what that's what he said too, bro. Like, that's crazy. I would legitimately budget for that once a month because it's it's actually necessary, especially for like people, like athletes in general. Yeah, like I think it's definitely necessary. Man, I got um, nasty feet though, man. I mean, they'll clean <laughs> you up for sure. Like my like my feet are nasty, but they look like they look pristine. Soccer players have the worst feet, man. They look pristine. Like I could feel be like a foot model. <laughs> Anyway, um, today we are bringing you some dope content as usual, yes, sir. As usual on this Memorial Day, man. Absolutely. And you know, last week we recorded about MLK and Mandela. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously showing you the uh, not just the, the the similarities, but you know, a little bit of the nuances. So today we're going to be talking a little bit more about Malcolm. I was going to say MLK. <laughs> we're going to talk about Malcolm X. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about him because Victor read his book. So For we sure. kind of wanted to dissect the book, talk a little bit about it and, you know, give you all some good content. So, yeah, let's take it away. For sure. For sure. So. So, Vic, you read the book. When did yeah. you read the book, by the way? Um, About a two months ago now. About two months ago. Two months. Um, Yeah. It's like one of those books that everyone should read because. Malcolm is such a polarizing character. You know what I mean? So yes. the biography really breaks down his thinking, his progression, his growth, his childhood and everything that made Malcolm who he is because he's a very um he's a very strong personality. He has very he had strong beliefs and I think you have to fully dig deep into who he was to see how he like landed at those conclusions and stuff. So it's was a very eye opening book, huh? Was he mixed? He was yeah, he was mixed. I think his they talked about it in the book. His dad was dark, very, very dark, um, kind of like me. And um, his mom was, I think his mom was mixed. If I'm not mistaken, his mom was mixed. And he was like the lightest one in the family, really. And it's it was interesting because he, he, had, a, he had an interesting correlation in the book where he said his mom would be super tough on him. And his mom was the toughest on him while his dad was not as tough on him. That's and and he was talking she about was how like one. yeah he was talking about how like maybe it was like he he talked about it in the book he explained it brilliantly how he said maybe his his dad's um allure with like whiteness was why he treated him well like treated him the best out of all his siblings 
and oh, his wow. mom had like a little bit of like get I guess resentment for her color or something because she was married to a black man mm-hmm. and everything that comes with that. Um, he he breaks it down better in the book than I can, but it was it was very interesting and uh, that's also interesting because that was before assuming she was interracial, assuming she was like yeah. considered white. That was before interracial marriages were like a thing, like legal. Yeah, for sure. Right, because it was like in the 1960s where like yeah, long time ago. It was, and, it was legal. That's interesting. And also his dad, like, to really understand Malcolm X, you have to fully, you have to talk about his family. And his mm-hmm. dad was part of the, like, a big supporter of Marcus Garvey. And, ah. yeah, his dad was a huge supporter of Garvey. Ah. And what did they call him? A Gar- Garveyites or something like that? There was there was a name for it. I'm, I'm butchering it. But um, but his dad was a huge supporter of of Marcus Garvey, he um he was a follower of Marcus Garvey, and he was a very outspoken black man. And they had like growing up, they had just a lot of weird so racial he, was, things. He was outspoken, but he wasn't tough on Malcolm. He was very outspoken, but he wasn't like as tough as his mom was on Malcolm. Yeah, exactly. And he was saying he brought he broke down the book. He was saying like even though his dad was super pro black, maybe there was a little bit of like in the subconscious that still wanted to pan like catered to light lightness mm-hmm. you know what i'm trying to say and he, he 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 literally said that himself in the book um but his they had a lot of weird racial like confrontations growing up his dad actually got murdered by the kkk yeah so his dad got killed by the kkk which is a very just like oh shit yeah, it was it was crazy. His dad left the house one day, and the KKK got to him. And one time, they burnt down their home when they were younger. And Malcolm, like that was one of his first memories when he was a young child. That the people they used to tell him, "Get the fuck out of here, nigger!" Like get out of the city and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I think he they lived in like a very populated white space, mm-hmm. and especially him being like an outspoken black proud individual, um, the white people in the in the city didn't like that. Or I don't know if it was a city or a town. Um, didn't like that, so they um, they would always come to their house and just do weird stuff and just try to terrorize them, in a sense. So that was like his dad literally got murdered by the KKK. So, um, he, he had a very interesting childhood because after his dad died, his mom just had so much to like juggle raising all the kids, and um, she eventually started going like mentally ill in a sense. So like she they declared that she wasn't fit enough to have custody of raise the children and he hopped around from like foster foster homes yeah in the foster care system and he actually lived with a white family for a long time like he lived with a white family for a long time grew up with a white family and just like the whole dichotomy with that that is interesting fascinating it's very fascinating so he grew up in that and also he went to a very populated white school and when his like they were asking him what they wanted to be he said he wanted to be a lawyer and his his teacher was like well now nah, you can't be a lawyer like and he was like why he's like because you're like a nigger you know what i'm trying to say so yeah. from a young from a young age um they were try- already trying to like crush his dreams and they were telling him like you should be like a carpenter and um you do something that you with your hands things of that nature instead of his mind because the belief back then was like that's what black people were supposed yeah. to do, like labor, yeah. labor. And yeah, so he grew up in a very, he, he had very interesting childhood because he was in interesting spaces in terms of like he grew up with a white family. Mm-hmm. His, he grew up also with a dad that was super pro-black and, um, and pan-African in that sense because he supported Marcus Garvey. Mm-hmm. And so like imagine like growing up in, like as as a child and you have like this weird pie of like different experiences and completely different spaces. And he said the white people treated him well, like the family he grew up with they treated him well, but he could still also tell hints of like prejudice yeah. in the spaces he was yeah. he grew up in. So yeah, so he um after that he moved in with his aunt Ella in Boston and he talks about how like um growing up in Boston he just saw like different things, how like there would be like these posh black people that felt like they were like bigger than Dow and they felt like they were like the, the kind of like the house niggas type shit. You know what I'm trying to say? He <laughs> talked about that and how the people one on the other side. The one thing I love about Malcolm, man, he, he going to tell you how it is. Oh, he bro. was blunt, super blunt. That's why I love he's him. He's going to tell you how it he, is, He's gangster. Bro. Malcolm was gangster. Like he'd tell you straight up and 
He's very passionate. He spoke so well. He's so fluent. And I think another thing I really loved about the book and his transformation was how, like, it showed me that you have to give people grace to grow. Because if if Malcolm, like, where Malcolm was and where he ended up at were two completely different places. Mm-hmm. Like, when he was, he was really in the streets. Like, he was in the streets. He was a hustler. He would steal. Like, he would, he was, like, pimping women and things of that nature um for real? yeah legit he was in the streets um he was known for being a hustler um then to turn out to like be a revolutionary and uh a brilliant mind it's like like that's why it shows you like you have to give people the space and grace to grow man because just because people are, are in a in a bad space at one point doesn't necessarily mean that yeah. transformation can't happen right and I think a lot of times in society, even currently now, like the whole cancel culture and like. But imagine if like cancel culture was like as big as it was. Yeah, that's what I, and that's, Charlamagne talks about that. Charlamagne the God talks about that a lot where he talks about like Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. Well, I think she was like a prostitute or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Malcolm was a pimp. And like, what if we didn't give these people like the opportunity to. To grow. To grow. Like, and these people have. Exactly. Yeah. These people have had a huge impact on black culture in general. So, yeah. Um, he was in the streets. He was, he, um, like, he wanted to be, like, white. He used to, um, perm his, he, hair. Perm his hair. I see, I seen that in the movie, bro. Yeah. Like, he used to perm his hair. I seen that in the movie. I and like, what? I, I guess it was called a conk. He used to conk his hair or whatever. Mm. And, he wanted to be black and that's in white in that sense. And he was pandering to like the white view of beauty and the whiteness in society. And he would, he loved going after like, like he was dating a white girl at the time and they would steal and rob together. They legit would plan robberies. It was like, they had a crew of like four and they would break into people's houses and they would rob people while they were in the house, like while they were asleep. They were so good at it, like they would literally like you'd be asleep and they would just come and take your shit and you wouldn't even wake up. Crazy, 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 super crazy. So what was like the consensual view of him at the time? Like did they think he was just like uh a black dude trying to be white? Like was there any respect? Well, he he had respect in the streets because he was like he was like he was tough, he was a gangster, he was about his respect. Um he um there was a scenario where some guy a guy that he was playing bets with or whatever, like took, he was like the bookkeeper or whatever in town in New York. Cause he moved, Malcolm moved from Boston to New York cause he lived with his aunt Ella for a little bit. Then after Boston, he went to New York cause he was hustling mm-hmm. and he had like a little train job and he just kind of liked Harlem. So he went to Harlem and there was this guy that was a bookkeeper. And I guess supposedly Malcolm guessed the right numbers, but the bookkeeper thought Malcolm cheated or whatever. So, but Malcolm actually didn't try to like hustle him this time. So he came up to him in the city and he like there was like a huge confrontation at a bar and like they were legit ready to kill each other type shit like legit like they both like somebody was gonna die you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like that was just to show you like where he was he was at at that time like he was he was about action you know what i'm trying to say he was yeah. not he was he was really in the streets for real yeah. you know what i mean so um i thought it was also interesting how in the book he talks about he always felt like he he always had this weird feeling that he was going to die a violent, violent death. And he, he's, he couldn't explain it, but he just always felt like he was going to die like a violent death. That's what he said in the book. And maybe because his dad died of violent death and he just felt like he was going to die a violent death, which I thought was very interesting because he, like that's how he ended up going. Exactly. He got shot. You know what I mean? So it was, it was, it was fascinating when he said that. Right. That, that sometimes that, that, that makes me like have chills because say like, same thing with j cole in that in his album for your eyes only yeah in that song the song for your eyes only for sure he was talking about how his friend the who the song who the album and the song really was about was telling like look i don't know what it is but i have like this premonition this feeling that yeah i'm gonna die soon you know what i'm saying like the things i've been doing is gonna come back and 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 kill me yeah and he ended up like dying it's it's weird how like yeah you can feel those feelings for sure i think it's also like when when you like the power of words man the power of the tongue like when you stop saying it out loud and like proclaiming it then you really do attract that you know what i mean and you really when you bring you bring that 
you bring that to like to fruition yeah. to yeah. fruition so i think it shows you how like you have to be super mindful on like your words and like yeah. What you say or what Not you even think what you about, say physically too, but yes. like how it manifests in your mind. Exactly, manifestation is a very, very true yeah. thing. Like once you look at the science and everything that goes in that goes with that. But yeah, so Malcolm was a fascinating dude. Um, so he was in the streets. They used to rob, and the white girl he was bro, seeing. The fact that they were robbing while they're sleeping. It's, and it like, was crazy, man. Like he was, bro. Like, dang. Yeah, he he was he was it was an interesting cat. Then um, the level of intricacy. Man. The the white girl he was dating was also married, by the way. Yeah. So what? <laughs> so he he dated but, her at first, and while he was dating her, um, the first time that he moved, then when once she got back into town, when he got back into town, he found out she was married, but she didn't care, so they were still like fucking around, pretty much. So, <laughs> so yeah, be careful, legit. And one time, the husband literally came came looking for him, almost like he trying was, to shoot? yeah, he was trying to shoot him. But Malcolm was lucky that. That's when he got arrested. So they, a couple of nights before, they had um, they had like a robbery that they did, and the police came and got him. But a couple hours later, the, the the husband found out where he lived and came with a gun. So he probably would have got killed if he didn't get arrested. So him being arrested was actually mm-hmm. like, saving grace. It's saving point. grace at that point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but that's a lesson for sure. For my people listening, man. <laughs> be careful who you mess with. Man. Legit niggas will put a bullet with, in your head. It, man. It, it sounds cool. To mess with married women, but does it's it not, sound cool though? To some people, like it. To some people, it is yeah, like it's to, like ego able, thing. Yeah, to be able to be like, oh yeah, like I like I got that like I got that nigga's girl. You know, yeah, what I mean? like, yeah, yeah, that's like, some oh, ego yeah, like, shit. I'm, like I'm that nigga because you know, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, even she's, married women want me. You know, what I'm saying? for sure, she's willing like, to yeah, step out of boundaries yeah, to to mess you, with you. You know, like yeah. it's, it's 100% I, risking a lot. You're risking a lot, a lot. But but it's like. If you don't think that you have a lot to lose, like, man, dudes, as marriage is powerful, man. Marriage is a powerful thing. Like, people are willing to kill for that. Speaking of marriage, I want to read uh, an excerpt from the book talking about his mother's father. So, end quote. Yes, yes, that raping redheaded devil was my grandfather. That close, yes. My mother's father. She didn't like to speak of it. Can you blame her? She said she never laid eyes on him. She was glad for that. I'm glad for her. If I could drain away his blood that pollutes my body and pollutes my complexion, I'd do it. Because I hate every drop of that rapist blood that's in me. Anyone reading or listening to this passage can hear the disdain that Malcolm has for his grandfather, who actually raped his grandmother, and that's how his mother came to be. And I thought it's so fascinating to be in Malcolm's shoes, to be, you know, have the position that he has as far as, you know, calling white people the devils and just having this disdain for white people, but also knowing in the back of my mind that I am a product of of a white man i just thought that that was so fascinating just the dichotomy of it and how he handled that right like how do you how do you mitigate that self-hate like how do you not fully hate your own self you know it's 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 those questions that really fascinate me um this guy this guy is truly a character man he's he's definitely one to study and and i'm glad he existed for real so yeah so um, then he eventually gets he gets put in jail, and he spent a couple of years in jail. But jail was literally saved his life because that's when he at first he couldn't even read, bro. Like legit couldn't read it. Like, For real? Couldn't really did read. He graduate high school? Did he graduate? High school? No, I don't think so. Couldn't, when did he stop? I school, can't remember? remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. But he couldn't really read. He couldn't really write. Then obviously he met someone in the Nation of Islam, and um, he met his. His brother at the time was in the Nation of Islam, and his brother kind of introduced him to him. And his brother was his brother was a hustler like him, mm-hmm. but he like his little brother. He loved his little brother because he saw a lot of himself in his little brother. And his brother, his little brother, just knew how to handle himself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Malcolm, like his his brother, just had like this weird change. And Malcolm was like, "Okay, that's weird." And his brother was like, "Um, I." Like, I figured out this thing, but I can't really tell you much about it. And Malcolm was expecting his brother to tell him about some hustle or something where they could, like, 
um, find money or some shit. You know what I'm trying to say? Because he was in jail. So, because that's all him and his brother did, really, back in the day. And his brother introduced him to the Nation of Islam and talk, he was starting to, starting to talk about um, like the Islam to him. And at first he was just like, what? what the hell is this nigga talking about? Then he started like reading more about it. Like his, he gave him books to read, reading more about it. And he became a voracious reader. And he just in jail, because obviously you have so much time in jail. He just started reading and reading and reading and reading and really opened up his mind. Mm-hmm. And it shows you. It shows you so the, he taught himself how to read in jail. Yes. It shows you the. It's interesting. Yeah. I respect that. Mm-hmm. It shows you the power of religion as well. I think a lot of times, like. Bro, I was thinking about that like the other day. I was like, bro, like when you really think about the way we move as people and yeah. in any society, there will always be a place for religion. For sure. For sure. You know? Like it's, religion has a, a specific place for a specific reason. Because for sure. If not, we would just be like, just be nihilistic. Yeah, just senseless animals. Yeah, we wouldn't. There wouldn't be any meaning. Yeah. So yeah. Um. It's, yeah, and I'm not think, saying that only religion brings meaning. For sure. For sure. It, it adds. Yeah. It adds. It, most definitely, because yeah. a lot of our life revolves around religion. Because mm-hmm. religion flows with like the belief of why you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens after you leave, li- right. like leave here, right. and that's those are very foundational questions that every human has, like every. ponders about every day, and yeah. it really those are the same questions that can lead a lot of people to suicide. Too. Exactly. So you get too, uh, you get too crazy about it, and you're like, well, fuck it. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, like you, you, and you get nihilistic, like quite literally. Like, yeah. Nihilistic. And yeah, I think religion in that sense and those foundational questions really color our experience as humans. Yeah. So yeah, and it gives you religion gives you a lot of structure sometimes when it's mm-hmm. when it's when it's done correctly. And I know yeah, a lot religion, of times yeah. religion does have like this like bad stigma. Bad stigma and it could be really dogmatic and religion also is so interesting because religion has done a lot of good for society, but it also done a bunch of yes. bad a bunch Which of bad fascinating for it shows you the yin and the yang. Yeah. But it's done a, a just so much con- like religion could break like could bring world peace but also it's created a bunch of conflict mm-hmm. because everyone like you're so tied to your belief system right, 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 that right. when you feel like somebody's coming after that it changed like it it really shakes up your foundational beliefs you Absolutely. know what i mean so and that's very threatening to people's soul yeah and they're willing to kill they're willing to murder they're willing to do anything for that you know Bro, i don't know if you saw but like there was some the the Palestinian and Israeli war. Yeah. There were some people in New York that bombed like a building that I think it was either Palestinians bombed a yeah. building that Israelis were in or vice versa. But you can, when you saw the video, you can just see just like the, the deep like belief yeah, in for their sure. religion and you know where they come from. Yeah. Just that belief structures. And, and even when people are doing terrible things, they're, yeah. they're, they think they're vindicated because it's co- correlated to the to their religion, and that isn't that crazy though. Like right. you know what I mean. But so to go back to the Malcolm, um, it shows you how sometimes religion could give you like really good structure and put you in like the right space and right. towards the path of redemption. There always has mm-hmm. to be a path of redemption with people. I feel like, and um, because Malcolm, like he was, he was just like he was just a wild dude. Yeah. He was drinking. A ton doing a bunch of drugs. He was it, it doing. It now makes sense, like, like why he was so radical. For sure, for you sure. Know? Like his personality was yeah. like one of those things where it's like either one. You know what I'm trying to say? Like mm-hmm. he and those there are people that are, that are like that. You know, what I mean they they have to. They're they're so t- like they have such strong personalities that when you give them something, they if they truly buy into it, they yeah, they'll, they'll take, take it the whole way. Yeah. They'll take it the whole yeah, way. Those, those are very special people. I agree. I definitely very, agree. Very special. People. And I definitely agree. And I, I heard, I heard a, like a brilliant quote that says, "Like magic doesn't lie in the in the middle. Like magic lies in extreme. Like, and a lot of times we talk about balance and everything that goes with balance. But like, people that get to the top are extremist. Like, in any any part part of life, like you have to, like that. That's true." I also believe that there's a drawback to that, right? For like sure, for sure. The pendulum has to swing back. I agree. The other way. And I'm not saying it's healthy. I'm yeah. saying I'm not saying it's healthy. Well, I see what you mean. But I mean like people just observing, just like objectively. Yeah, or yeah. like people that are, or um that change society and people that um like live their mark are naturally like obsessive in that sense and like they 
like think about Kobe Bryant. Like he was yeah. obs- obsessive about basketball, and and a healthy like and from like a objective phase, that's not to- really healthy. You know yeah. what I'm trying to say? But because it affects your like. Like you're gonna have to, it's a give and take. You're gonna have to give up a lot to right, right, to get right. to that point in any in any field of life to get to that mastery and get to that place where mm-hmm. you're above your peers because you have to outwork them. You have to put in more hours. You have to you have to give up your whole life in a sense to this thing that you're committed to. So yeah, but so Malcolm, do you do you have anything that you you feel like you'd be overly obsessed about? Soccer was for me like a big part of like I mean soccer is my biggest passion mm-hmm. and for like a huge part of my life out everything i did revolved around soccer like my schedule what i ate um everything everything i did in my life was literally based around soccer and i would miss a lot of like big events because of soccer and things of that nature so yeah i mean that i don't know now if i have anything that i'm obsessive about enough to 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 you know i mean to i don't know i don't know i guess i'm still figuring that out and that flows with growth as well and I think a lot of times your purpose sometimes people get it later in life sometimes you get it people get it early but i think once you think something is your purpose then you're willing to sacrifice those things because you it feels like that's why you're here going back to the foundational questions of religion and everything that flows with that do you think purpose and this is kind of like going off topic but yeah. do you think you like purpose finds you or do you think you find purpose i think purpose finds you but uh to catapult it to it catapults itself when you you're intentional about pursuing it so i think all of us have this burning desire and passion and there's something in like there's like a like a there's something in our spirit that gravitates towards certain things yeah i truly believe that but just because that's like just because like you have that feeling doesn't necessarily mean you don't have to be intentional about it or 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 cultivate the skills to actually to actually um, reach the crescendo that your purpose has the potential to take you to. Mm-hmm. That's my belief. And I, what about you? Um, it's interesting because I think our experiences colored this answer because for sure me, I, I thought I had found my purpose, but it was, it wasn't necessarily my purpose. Like it was misplaced. It was a misplaced belief for sure. And, and it was built on the belief was built on like not so solid ground. Yeah. So I think that your your purpose is tied to things that you in, innately love. To, yes. Love to do for sure. And I think that it's it's your purpose. It's your um like it's your duty. Yeah. To find the purpose in that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you can love something, but like you may not necessarily see a purpose or a meaning in that. For sure. You know what I'm saying? I agree. But, but I think it's your purpose to like dig deep and dissect the thing that you love. Yeah. And study it every day and find the purpose within that. Yeah. You that's, know what I'm saying? that's really interesting. You said, because I think, so, yeah, I think keep going, keep going. So it's like, and that's where the obsession thing can come in. Yeah. Right? Where, and 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 the thing is like it's the love that carries you yeah that allows you to be able to dissect it because dissecting something one thing yeah is like is very tedious and it can be very annoying it's, for sure. it's hard like for me what about like what things i love is psychology right? yeah so dissecting that like on a day-to-day basis right like it it's not fun but because I love it, that love is yes. what carries me. I agree. Through. I definitely agree. You know what I'm Once you, when you're sitting in your purpose, it doesn't feel like work. Exactly. And so now the more that I dissect it, the more I'm able to find like, ah, I can see the purpose, the yeah. meaning in this. I definitely right? agree. Based on like me and who I am and things like that. Yeah. And harmonizing all that. Yeah. And yeah, I think that, that makes a good point because yeah, when I, like for me, when I'm truly, when I'm truly interested in something, mm-hmm. I get obsessive in my in my pursuit of knowledge about it. Like I want to know everything about yeah. it, and I guess that flows with everything. Like it flows with me. Like in soccer, mm-hmm. I would want to just study every bit about the sport. And as a child, you know, like studying the history, studying like the tactics, the analysis, and everything that goes with that because I just genuinely loved it. Yeah. And also, like even like you know, I'm a big MMA boxing fan. Like when I got into that, I just got obsessive in terms of like wanting to learn about fighters their thinking um 
on like game plans and things of that nature. I'm like the type of dude like <laughs> I'll be watching on YouTube. I'll be watching like fight breakdowns or like why this fighter should win or why he has an advantage here because I, the nuance in it is just so beautiful to yeah. me. But that doesn't feel like work. But for a lot of people, if you give them like a 30 yeah, minute yeah. fight breakdown, they'll be like, well, this is annoying. You know what I'm trying <laughs> to say? Like, so yeah, it's, sure. I think it's beautiful how for we gravitate sure. towards certain things. But yeah, to go back to Malcolm. So he, um, the nation of Islam, he started learning more about it and it just gave him structure. It gave him like purpose. And because in, in, in Islam, you can't drink alcohol. So imagine drinking. He was drinking alcohol like every day, mm-hmm. um, doing, smoking a bunch of cigarettes, weed. He smoked mm-hmm. a lot of weed. He was smoking a lot of weed. And I'm not saying those things are like bad to, mm-hmm. like to, to each their own. I, I drink, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm saying like in terms of having to like go from that to complete cold turkey and not having to like shut that out of your life when like for the big part of your life, that's all you did. You know what I mean? So yeah, he stopped drinking. He stopped doing all that because of Islam. I'm going to say a quote that I read the other day. It was about that, right? Okay. It's about like limits. It said, uh, let me find it. Oh, it says, paradoxically, we cannot achieve freedom without limits. Limits are a holding environment in which we flourish. Mm, and it's fascinating powerful. because like when you have that discipline, yeah, it's like people think that that discipline like limits you. Yeah. Which it kind of does, but what it does is it safeguards you for sure so that you feel safe enough and free enough to then explore more. Mm. And then you're now able to flourish, right? And, and, uh, there was a verse, there was a quote that I, that I read who says, flourish where you are. Yeah. Right. And so, and I think that's so powerful to be able to have that type of structure and, and how important, um, and how important, uh, self discipline is. And that's one thing I respect about Islam, bro. Like they're like, yeah the discipline level oh for sure muslim dog like what yes you know for saying? sure for sure i definitely agree and um i have a lot of muslim friends a bunch of muslim friends for so sure. i have a very deep deep like reverence for my muslim friends and right. how they how they um approach their faith and everything and that's why it really irritates me when people have like follow propaganda in terms of right. like analyzing islam and everything and the extremists in that side you know what i mean mm-hmm. and when they paint like this whole group of like well islam is just like a very violent like thing yeah, because a lot of true. the like a lot of muslim people that i know are very peaceful loving people and they're very embracing yeah they are welcoming and i and i think practical. very practical and i also like i have a very deep appreciation that growing up my my mom was like very my mom's best friend is actually Muslim. Mm-hmm. So like growing up, I grew up in that space where I, mm-hmm. I got to like understand like because I'm Christian and then their Muslim doesn't necessarily mean anything. We used to exactly. go to their um Eid. Mm-hmm. We used to in Nigeria we call it Salah. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. go there, eat, yeah, Salah, we go there, yeah, eat, yeah, yeah. hang out and like just kick it and it's just that like respect for Eid's be- mm-hmm. each other's belief systems and without having any conflict there. Yeah. It's like, dude, like this, like my best friend in Nigeria, he was, he was Muslim. The guy, yeah. he, was, mm-hmm. he was, he was, he's Muslim. Yeah. And I just had this intense, like, I just had so much love for this dude for sure. brother. And like, it's so interesting. Like I would just love watching him pray. Yeah, for sure. Like I would just go to the mosque, bro. And like do the abolition. Like I'll wash my yeah. face, like my ears, my hands, my feet. Yeah. Like I knew how to do everything. For sure. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. And, and one day I was going to go pray with him in the musk, but I was so scared because I'm like, I'm probably going to find out like I'm Christian. Yeah. Beat me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I didn't go, but usually like when he'll go pray, like yeah. either five o'clock, because I think they would, I forget the time. Friday is like for- three. No, like on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. Like with three, five, seven. Yeah. In the morning. Like yeah. Five, five times a day. Pretty yeah. Five number. times a day. And so like almost if I was hanging out with him all day, I'll go to the musk with him like most of the oh, time. Oh, okay. And just like watch through the door. Yeah. Just watch them pray, bro. Like that's awesome, man. How they would stand up. Yeah. And speaking of the look to the left, yeah. to the right. I thought it was so cool. It's bro. fascinating. I thought it was so freaking cool, bro. Yeah. And yeah, so same here, even growing up, I we there was a mosque behind our house, like mm-hmm. like on the other side of the sh- street or whatever. So like every morning you hear them like the the morning prayer, like the what do you call it? I don't know what it is, but like yeah, the call or whatever. Uh, so it, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, that that is yeah. that's what it is. So it was cool. 
But yeah, so that gave Malcolm a bunch of structure and he literally literally changed his life because he went from like cold turkey. He's like doing all these mm-hmm. things and he's like, he's a very disciplined human being. So he was like, now nah, I'm done doing these things. And he started really, really studying it. And the thing with the Nation of Islam is like it, it connects like connects religion with race as well in terms of like understanding the history behind blackness and being pro-black and being proud of your being proud of where you're from and like your um your skin color and everything that flows with that so yeah malcolm got really deep into that he started reading a lot um and he started talking to some people in in jail about it so imagine they used to call him the devil in jail like think about how like bad like just wild of a dude you have to be that like you're in jail right like everyone there is is, it's criminal yeah like you're in jail and you're the devil ain't that crazy they used to call him the devil and he went from being called the devil to like talking to people about islam Mm -hmm. so everyone was like wait what you know what i'm trying to say so he used to like um write letters to um what's his name elijah muhammad um who was the leader of nation of islam and elijah muhammad said that um like he got a revelation from muhammad so he's like the he was like the chosen one in that sense so malcolm was like really fascinated about elijah muhammad he was sending a lot of like letters and at the time he couldn't even write well and like he would really try to send like letters and he just got really deep into the nation of islam and like you said malcolm's a very disciplined person he has a strong personality and when he fully believes in something he's like gonna go the whole way with it mm-hmm. so <clears throat> He finally got out of jail and he joined the Nation of Islam. He, well, he joined the Nation of Islam in, in jail. And the good thing about Nation of Islam, they give you a lot of support. They help you out a lot. They just, mm-hmm. they help a lot of like convicts move from the past, the, the, the bad past they've had to creating this new life mm-hmm. of structure and, um, and everything that comes with that. So Malcolm gets out of jail. He, um, Nation of Islam really changes his life. They kind of take him in. Starts, they start teaching him more about Islam and everything that goes, that flows with Islam and like the belief systems, the tenets of the of the religion. And it trans, he transforms, literally transforms his life. He goes from always wanting to be in the streets and still and everything and killing. Well, he didn't kill, but just being around that yeah. space to, to yeah, 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 to, to just dedicating his life to Islam. Yeah. So, um, like some of like the beliefs of the nation of Islam are very controversial. Like back then, Malcolm believed that um, all white people were the devil, and <laughs> just very polarizing views. And he hated white people. He literally hated white people. That's interesting, for sure. He really hated white people because like he was dating white women. And yeah, he grew up in a white household, foster. Yeah, parents. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so he just began like, um, he just became like, like so pro-black. Like he yeah. was like the de- the white man is the devil, and because like the Nation of Islam, I think there was like I don't I can't remember it was like a book he read that said that um the Nation of Islam believed that the white person had some like something connected to the devil. Like they really <laughs> believed like they had like some devil gene or something like yeah. that, and. He talks about like, it. I feel like that's propaganda. Yeah. Oh, definitely propaganda. Hundred percent. That's propaganda. But yeah, he like so he really believed that, and he adored Elijah Muhammad. So Elijah Muhammad was like on a pedestal because he really, truly believed he was from God. Mm-hmm. So Malcolm was super dedicated, and he just started learning more. And then he became in charge of one. It's like I guess a parish or whatever you what do you want to call it? Like I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I guess. In, yeah, I don't know what what it's called, but like he became leader and like kind of like the preacher in one of like the mosques, and he just he was doing such good work like preaching and stuff, and he was looking for more effective ways to reach people, and you know Malcolm was like a very good orator and very good speaker, so he would like go to different places and speak, and people would just naturally gravitated to work to Malcolm because he's just a very mm-hmm. there's just something about Malcolm that makes you want to like. Yeah, pull in. Like, like he just draws you in and yeah. makes you want to do whatever he tells you to do mm-hmm. and <laughs> that's dangerous exactly exactly 
So if you listen to a few episodes before when we talked about, you know, the cost of a free black nation in America, we talked about the in a way like the beginning of black nationalism and the origination, the the starting point really, I would say, started with Marcus Garvey. Right. And so if you listen, if you heard in the beginning of this episode, how Malcolm's father was a huge Garvey follower. Right. So Marcus Garvey obviously was a Pan-Africanist and he wanted to, he believed that, you know, the liberation of black people was for all of us to go back to Africa and to improve where we come from and, and to live amongst ourselves. Right. And, and so if you fast forward, the nation of Islam is, was, a, is, and was a political um, Muslim movement that supported black nationalism. Right. And, you know, they supported, obviously, you know, self-sufficiency within the black community. And I'm making this point to say that um, it's interesting how these different points connect. Right. If I'm not mistaken, you know, Malcolm himself believed that his father sowed that seed of, you know, black nationalism in him early on in his life. And as you read the story, you can, you know, we're watching it manifest. Right. We watched it manifest in how he was able to, you know, join the, the nation of Islam and follow their beliefs and things of that nature. So he was like, he was saying a lot of things that like black people at the time, like wanted somebody to say, you know, what I mean, because he was like yeah, so but people were like scared. Say, yeah. He was like fearless. So he was saying everything. He was calling people out on racism and society, calling people out. It's on- like in movements like these, I feel like like that is necessary. For sure, for I sure. Think that, I think that that is necessary because you're, and I think, and I could be wrong, but I feel like that's why the, I think that's a big part of why the um, civil rights movement was so powerful and impactful, yeah. was you had like these polarizing views at the same time. Yes, for you know? sure. And and that that's always been the case. Yeah. You know, ever since like Frederick Douglass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like W. B. Du Bois, Booker T. Washington, but I feel like MLK and Malcolm X were like Yeah. They really did. And Malcolm would like talk shit about the the other the other black guys. Oh, like the like he would talk shit about like the people that were like peaceful, like <laughs> like Malcolm X. I mean I'm like MLK and those other people because he was saying like they they like white people were just putting them there as like a like a placeholder? Yeah, like a placeholder type thing, and like, yeah. in terms, like, in in a way, I guess keeping keeping the status quo mm. while acting like they were doing work to 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 destroy the system. Mm. And Malcolm wanted to, like, he wanted war. He yeah. wanted, like, by any means, like, you know, what I'm trying to say, he he want to smoke. And they were like talking about like let's march and do all these things. And Malcolm's like, Man, I'm not trying to march. You know, what I'm trying to say, like, mm-hmm. I, like you know, what I'm trying to say, yeah. don't turn the other cheek and that type of thinking. So, um, which is drastically different from okay when we talked about okay last last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so Malcolm gets into, super deep into the nation of Islam. He starts running churches, not churches, my bad. Starts running um, mosques, and he starts going around the city and places from place to place, like preaching about most like the doctrines of of Islam, but also like pro black um messages and people like like at the time imagine like you're a group of black people and society sold you at the bottom of the totem pole when this then this guy comes around and he's telling you like we are like we the ones you know what i'm trying to say like we're powerful we're strong like we're superior like mm-hmm. it's it's it just it lights a fire inside of you mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it tells you about being proud of being black and things of that nature so People start gravitating towards, it and he's like legit, like the nation of Islam just started blowing up. So Malcolm was getting so much attention, and um, people in the nation of Islam were starting to get jealous of him because, like, obviously Elijah Muhammad loved him a lot because he was bringing so much money into the nation of Islam. He was doing so much good. He was also like making, making like the what do you call it? making them really well known around around nationally like nationally so a lot of people saw they saw him getting a lot of attention and then him and elijah muhammad had like a falling out because um it was coming for a while because i think elijah muhammad also in his himself 
saw Malcolm was getting too big and it felt like maybe like it was kind of threatening to to him as well. And then people started putting stuff in Elijah Muhammad's head saying like Malcolm wants to take your spot and things of that nature. When in reality, Malcolm was just so loyal to this man. And even when they would like try to act like Malcolm was the leader of the nation of Islam, Malcolm would make sure that when he spoke at things, he would say that Elijah Muhammad is, is the one. You know what I mean? Like he would always say Elijah Muhammad is the one. And, but Malcolm had a better way of portraying the message. So it felt like he was getting, he was becoming the vocal point. Mm-hmm. So, and also he just started noticing a lot of different things where um, a couple of women came out and said, said that Elijah Muhammad had like slept with them and they had kids for Elijah Muhammad. And that was completely against the beliefs of Islam, of fornicating, adultery or whatever, for, fornicating. And um, he felt, he felt, um, he just felt betrayed by that because he was like, this is a man that like I've given so much of my life to. And this is a man that like is telling me all these things, but he's not living it out. You know what I mean? So he felt like he didn't like backstabbed. So this was like the final straw was when, JFK got assassinated. Um, uh, Elijah Muhammad literally told them, like, called a meeting. He's like, no one say anything about JFK's death because, like, it's just not a topic we want to talk about because it could bring a lot of backlash and just bad, like, just bad publicity to the nation of Islam. Then Malcolm didn't, obviously, Malcolm didn't give a fuck. They asked him about it and he was just want to get type of, type of dude that would speak his mind. And they asked him about it, what he thought about JFK's assassination. And he said something like, the chickens have come home to roast. <laughs> so obviously that's like a very, like, especially when the president of America just gets killed, that's like, yeah. a, like a statement where everyone, there was huge <laughs> backlash about it. Yeah. So he said that. And like, um, after he said that, um, Elijah Muhammad told him like he was suspended. Then when he was suspended, he like this, he was, gonna get reinstated but he did something else again i guess he like met up with cassius clay um muhammad ali and nation of islam didn't like that but also he believed in the book that they were never gonna reinstate him because he had become like i guess threatening to the to to a lot of people in the nation of islam because he was getting so big you know what i mean and they kind of wanted to keep him i guess contained 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 and constrain him so after that he was like okay i'm now i'm just like Obviously, he was hurt because he's given so much of his life to the nation of, his, of Islam. And now they had kicked him out and he had done so much. And like even people that he was close to weren't even talking to him anymore. It was just kind of him and his wife. And he was like saying how that was like one of the toughest times of his life because he had kids as well. You know what I mean? He had no income coming in because everything. The thing about the nation of Islam is they give you a lot of structure and they put get you back on your feet. But everything you have is tied to them. So they control you in that sense. So he just, he was just like, like he, his housing and everything was from the nation of Islam. So you think about how terrifying at that age, you don't really have anything and you have a family to support. So one of the things that really changed Malcolm's view was like, he didn't even have money to take a, he wanted like in the Muslim religion, taking a pilgrimage to Mecca is like every Muslim is supposed to take a pilgrimage to Mecca before they die, if they have the ability to. So he went to, he went to Mecca and it was fascinating because Mecca was a true transformation in his views because he he was surrounded by a lot of white people in Mecca as well, like people from different parts of Europe, people from different parts of the world that were still Muslim. And he saw like, wow, like white people aren't all evil. Yeah. And it was eye-opening for him, but also he, it was fascinating because he said that's when he really truly realized that he didn't really know much about Islam, like true Islam. So he, he was doing a lot of, then he started to do a lot of research into like true Islam and it changed his views. He become more, he became more um, loving, he became more accepting, accepting and he wanted more of like a communal space because he saw like he, when he was surrounded in Mecca by the Kaaba and people would, you know, in Muslim religion, you have to take like laps around the Kaaba yeah. and it was like just millions of people there and everyone's yeah. the brotherhood, the uh, everyone's showing love everyone's embracing everyone's staying in the same tents everyone's like race wasn't a thing that's what he said when he went they said race wasn't a thing and he showed how like it really opened his eyes up like it opened up his eyes to to a completely different 
realm of thinking because it's like, wow, like this is like this is a possibility. And maybe I've been advocating for the wrong things this whole time. So that was eye opening eye opening if ugh, I can't even speak English. That was eye opening for him because going from one extreme view to more of like a English view of like getting a more community space with white and black people was was different. Mm-hmm. Then also going he also took another trip to Africa, which was a, another fascinating thing for him because um he went to Nigeria. He talked about going to Nigeria. He talked about going he went to, to Ghana. Didn't he? he going to Ghana. Yeah, those yeah. two places. And he showed, he said, being in a space where there was black people that looked just like him, that were prospering, that were like proud of their heritage and actually knew the, where they were from, mm-hmm. was eye opening for him because he just never had been in a space like that, and just it really did something transformational to his spirit. So that's why, like we talked about on one of the episodes, like what we think every African person should go back to Africa. African American person should go back to Africa because I feel like it it just connects that missing link in your sure. lineage and like your just cultural identity. Cultural identity, I agree. Strengthens it for sure. It really does strengthen it. Strengthens it. Oh, Jesus, strengthens it. And um, so that was another thing that really changed his views. So he went back there, and when he came on his way back, he was just doing a lot of thinking, and he he had plans to become to have to kind of connect with MLK and all the black leaders that were like more on the peaceful side and had kind of different views than him in that sense. And in the past, he really wasn't trying to have that conversation at all. It was kind of like, well, nah, like we, we bought action over here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he, like, it's interesting because I, I truly believe that's when he truly became more dangerous to, to, to the people at the top because now he was, he was, you know what I'm trying to say? He was about to start making real plays to bring in, um, to bring in like, to, to bring in an end to racism, to what was going to racism and like the things that were going on back then, and uniting people, because mm-hmm. I do truly believe that some there's a lot of people at the top that don't necessarily want unity because chaos sells, conflict sells, and also division. Like if you look at the news, division there's a lot of money in division and especially if you're at the top and it's, the system is geared and working to perfection for you mm-hmm. then you don't want that status quo to change so it's crazy because that video jay west sent of like the guy saying everybody who tried to unite yeah i ended up getting killed yeah it's crazy i'm okay got smoked um, Gandhi, jesus um malcolm yeah. when he changed his views so yeah i think it was it was from like where he started off and where he ended. It was just like a fascinating thing, but also it's his death was interesting because now he's in a space where he's becoming more united, but he knew he was going to get killed soon. Like Malcolm knew he was going to get killed and he had seen signs that they were tapping his phone. He had seen signs that people were following him and he knew he, Malcolm knew his time was coming and it was, there's a really cool, documentary called who killed malcolm x on netflix i think people should go watch that because it really talks about how how like he got killed but it like how it was framed as something that it wasn't and how like the nation of islam was um connected to his death but also how like the fbi and the police were connected to his death as well and i think everyone should go check out that documentary because it he does intensive research and kind of shows you, tells you who he thinks killed Malcolm X and shows you like a plethora of information and facts that sh- that makes sense. It really does make sense. And it's kind of sad because like Malcolm was just such a powerful person. It, it's it's kind of sad because the same group that in which he had been fighting for and advocating for, in a sense, played a hand in his own death. You know, then it, beca- it becomes this thing is like if, even if Malcolm wasn't with the Nation of Islam anymore and he was about to start his own group, it's like, do you truly want black liberation or do you just want power? You know? Because like, even if Malcolm isn't connected to your group anymore, you know how powerful of a figure he is, you know how he has the ability to galvanize people, then you shouldn't really care what group he's in because if black liberation is your, your ultimate goal, mm-hmm. then even though he's doing it in a different space from you, you should be okay with that, you should. and you shouldn't. You shouldn't even try to get him killed. Mm-hmm. So 
it in the documentary it talks about how like the nation of Islam played a hand in that and the police and yeah it was just kind of it was kind of sad because Malcolm was young Malcolm wasn't he wasn't that old you know what I'm trying to say and it, for me I think it really hurts me in the sense of like imagining how much more those guys could have done like Malcolm and MLK and those people and they gave us so much but they, they were still kind of still sh- scratching the surface because Malcolm was like it was like there's this metamorphosis he was going into a different space in life where it feels like he was just about to like really really take off even more you know so but I mean that's why I'm not God you know what I mean like right you, you we can never understand exactly so but yeah it's a fascinating book it's I think I would right. recommend it to everybody um because you just really dig deep and like I don't even think like that book is so multi-dimensional and just very very like powerful and deep that you can't really break it down in one episode I, like I try to like make it like very very concise view but there's so much meat and potatoes that like I've missed in like the whole journey because we just don't have the time to get get into all of it but yeah damn check out the book out like i think my biggest insight is like he like i'm i'm in i'm in awe right just because of like how radical he was you know yeah it's inspiring for sure Malcolm was radical like and just to see the transformation yeah um just to grow and also how like religion played a positive role yeah. in his life you know um the discipline um the community the environment yeah and they all played a good role um yeah and for me and just a representation of like a fearless black man that's not afraid to speak his mind is not yeah. afraid to he's not like he malcolm didn't give a shit about no money you know what i'm trying to say yeah. i think malcolm died with like a hundred dollars to his name when when he died and for me that's always been like a very good reminder that like your purpose a lot of times doesn't necessarily have to flow with money mm-hmm. and a lot of times your purpose is bigger than money and you shouldn't be, be willing to sell out your purpose for money because he also got i think police like fbi came came to him talking about like we'll pay you this amount of money if you give us information about this or kind of like use him as a spy for the nation of islam and obviously he turned it down you know what i mean but not a lot of people are so dedicated to their cause yeah. and just having that ethos that they're not willing willing to sell out for money mm-hmm. so for me the representation of a fearless black man that was solid he was loyal he was just a man you know what i'm trying to say and mm-hmm. wasn't afraid to speak his mind he um power like he, a lot of things that materialism that black people care about in society today really like it really dilutes their messages because they want like they don't want to really say what they're thinking because they're afraid of losing followers or they're afraid of losing sponsorships and they're afraid of losing um things of that nature and a lot of times when you're taking stances for things that are big like that you gotta understand like sometimes people like you're gonna lose friends sometimes you're gonna lose like money you're gonna lose you're gonna become a target you're gonna become a target you might get killed but how deeply connected and committed are you to the ultimate goal mm-hmm. so yeah man check out the book for Is sure called the autobiography yeah autobiography of, of malcolm, malcolm. Yeah. yeah check I'm, it out and we'll probably make a ig post as well about it and um it's a wrap. yeah hope y'all had a good memorial day weekend um we're recording this on Memorial Day evening. Yeah. I've had a great week, man. Just to wrap it up, I've had a great weekend, man. But also, man, just this weekend has just just been filled with gratitude, man. I was driving back home today from my friend's cookout, and I was just like thinking about, man, I've had I have some phenomenal people in my life, man. Mm-hmm. Just like really, really good friends, good people. Just the energy of this whole weekend was just phenomenal, man, and. I think one of my friends, Roland, he he had a phenomenal quote he had on one of his pictures. He was like, gratitude makes what you have enough. And I was just driving. I was like thinking like, man, from the places we've gone, I've been to and I've come from and just the places I am now, it's just, it's truly a testament to God. And just to, I was just 
just really, I always don't know. I was just like really like in that space. space I was like, man, I like, I have really good people in my life. I think real life friendship is currency and you can't really quantify it. You can't really put money on it. You know what I mean? Having people that have your back, having people that, um, just good people in your life is, is really empowering. Mm -hmm. And just a lot of things like even light right now, like being able to have a computer to, Mm -hmm. to, to do this podcast, yeah. you know what I'm trying to say? Not a lot of people have that, you know? So I think a lot of times we get so caught up in like the monotony of life and the problems that we forget there, there's such beauty in just, in just ordinary life. Exactly. And just take an inventory of like what's around you and just sitting there and appreciating that thing, appreciating that. And I think Memorial Day is the perfect time to do it because obviously it takes a lot of sacrifice from people who are willing to risk their lives life for this country for that to happen so happy memorial day to everybody and um hope everyone had a blessed one for sure that was beautifully put bro for sure appreciate uh, it and uh it's a wrap again <laughs> okay when i don't finish i'll be ha so y'all make sure you subscribe and leave a review this really does help engagement it allows other people to be able to check out our awesome content and also follow us on social media, Instagram to be specific at V-L-L-G-B-O-Y-Z. And most definitely and more importantly, we shall catch you on the next episode. Oh yeah, vamos.